people say a man is made out of mud. A poor man's made out of muscle and blood. Muscle and blood and skin and bones. A mind that's weak and a back that's strong. You load the 16 ton. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. I'm Sonia Derman. And I'm Maria Stabio. This is 2MF on Clock Tower Radio, clocktower.org. 2MF is a series of community meetings, open and participatory experiences that we organize collaborating with selected New York City artists. 2MF aims to encourage pro-emotive and anti-academic conversation among artists in New York City. All meetings are free and open to the public. For more information, visit the number 2manyfeelings.com. Post-meeting discussion occurs here on Clock Tower Radio. Episodes feature conversations with 2MF's facilitating artists reflecting on the recent in-person meeting. Our recent meeting took place at Knockdown Center with Jenny Lee and Zuriel Waters of Sister Gallery on Sunday, November 20th, 2016. Sister Gallery consists of partners Zuriel Waters and Jenny Lee. From 2014 to 2016, the gallery space held bi-monthly exhibitions in a window at 69 Irving Avenue in the heart of Bushwick. Waters and Lee met at Rhode Island School of Design and moved to New York City in 2010. In addition to curatorial projects, Lee and Waters also write and paint. Welcome Zuriel Waters and Jenny Lee. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks. Yes, thank you for coming. Mm-hmm. So um, our last meeting was organized, you guys called it the office. Yes. So it was really interesting, especially at this particular time, thinking about bureaucratic structures and the, I would say like kind of capitalist structures of um, working and engaging and how that applies or doesn't apply mm-hmm. or is internalized within artists' yeah. lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I f- when you guys proposed to us to do a project with you guys and I was thinking, you know, it'd be really fun to just, I don't know, hang out with artists and have fun. So that, that was my initial kind of thought behind it, like mm-hmm. playing games and kind of... Um, kind of trying to get to know people in a way that's like a little less formal, I guess. And uh, that was my initial impulse. And then it turned into this other thing that we were thinking about. You know, why is that the case? Why do I, you know, want to have this connection with people that like is less like formal or like Mm -hmm. more fun and breaks breaks down walls or something like that. And so, so initially that's what started this whole idea. But Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think just as a response to what you guys do, too, because you know, we, we got to see uh, the meeting you did at Regina Rex and talk about the anti-academic, this kind of like, not anti, mm-hmm. but something that, that is somewhat begging the question about, you know, how our traditional views of being um, progressive artists, how those sort of compute and like, um, it's kind of, uh, you know, we wanted to make something that would fit well with, uh, with 2MF's sort of, uh, program. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Mm -hmm. I think it's worth noting that the way that the meeting was set up was 
we basically had a big table and it was kind of conference or focus group style where there was a lot of materials in the center of the table and we kind of were we were talking and having a, a really thoughtful discussion but we were also playful during the discussion so we had drawings that were going around these exquisite corpse drawings and then we also watched your video which you created together um, with these found video clips I think taken from sources on the internet right yes yeah um, maybe you could talk a little bit about that video sure um, do you want to <laughs> <laughs> I mean kind of I, I guess because like yeah, we, we came up with the idea of the project as this it's um, almost like a poetic idea you know and so it's very hard to concretely like it's hard to do research for it and to, to definitely say like this is how the art world is mm -hmm. an office place but I mean especially because like we like watching the show The Office mm -hmm. you know it's funny to think of that as a kind of um, end game goal for artists mm -hmm. it's not really what you might expect but it kind of something that rings true mm -hmm. maybe about it and so mm -hmm. You know, it's like it's like when you, you write a research paper, but you, you start with your conclusion or mm -hmm. something, and then it's like you have to, like, come up with all these yeah, yeah. rationales for it. you're putting it. So, you know, the video is more of, like, uh, some kind of agitprop-y um, art project or something, mm. you know, and using the language and the... Yeah, of, like, the, of seriousness, but yeah. not being serious, but it's more like proposition. You know, you're, like, yeah. proposing something, but you're not sure necessarily what the um the concrete idea or the moral behind it like it's it's we're not sure it's just uh it's an idea and the only way to kind of exercise that idea is to is to, I, we think we thought that this format would be good it's just uh bringing all these things that are like seem concrete but then you know are, are like but then are not you know they're like actually questionable you know it's like mm -hmm. it's uh so yeah so we got like clip images we had like um uh, there was a clip of uh, The Office, American style, uh, Steve Carell, and uh, what else did we put in? We put in like the mattress. Well, uh, that's oh, the, the, the mattress. That's the one that really Domino stuck yeah. with me because yeah. it was like this very serious but like enforced playfulness. Of <laughs> yeah, like, like right. this. Um, yeah, this is warehouse. I didn't even know the context of it, but it was this, this warehouse where everyone's wearing the same clothes. This is huge. Um, human domino everyone's on a mattress and they're like going around and uh, falling on top of each other and it's a uh, I don't know that's, right, <laughs> that's right. It, it's yeah, like a corporate team building right like, it has all the kind of silly. tropes of like you know uh -huh. like team building and like we're doing this together and like you know like everyone needs each other and uh, yeah and it's just, right. <laughs> it seems like a good idea at first and then everyone's right. getting hurt by the end of it yeah everyone's getting <laughs> hit and in then, the face yeah. by a mattress on the way down it's just like <laughs> constantly people <laughs> But then the music is so reinforcing in the background. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, it's really good. Right. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really good. And then we had yeah. a clip of uh, Point Break where yeah. oh, they're right. like skydiving and yeah. then they're like, you know, coming into come a circle. Together and, like, yeah. So it's yeah. a little um, abstract, I guess, and a little like, I don't know, absurdist a little bit, mm -hmm. but uh, but pointed for sure. Yeah. So we had also just watched uh, that Adam Curtis documentary, the oh. hyper normalization. So I think like the uh, aesthetics of just like a. Something that's telling you deep and kind of hard to understand things by matching music and language and video. Mm -hmm. It's like a, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm curious of... about the language that you used as well. So you had a kind of text that was superimposed 
often on these clips. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how you culled together or composed um, the language. Well, we started out at least by being like, oh, we just got to make this thing. So I was like, Jenny, just <laughs> get images together and I'll mm-hmm. try to like add like a line to them. And that's how we started with. So it just sort of like, it's kind know, of exquisite corpsey a little bit. It was bit. kind yeah, of exquisite actually, that's corpsey. really yeah. true. That's really that's true. Interesting. Um, for, right. And then it just went back and forth, basically. Mm-hmm. But we awesome. did kind of start in the beginning and then get to the end. Hmm. Like. So it was a sequential yeah. process. There is a sequential yeah. process, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way it kind of carries through, like, some sort of, like, optimism at the end. Right. Like what we need to do is in conclusion. But... Yeah. I guess you'll have to watch the video right. for people. And people there. can watch it on okay. our on our website, yeah. the too many feelings.com website. Great. And sister. Um, and sister, sister gallery. Right. That's yeah. right. Which is sistergallery.com. Okay. I almost Good. forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um so basically after we kind of discussed after we watched the video, we had this really long, really interesting discussion about how you were came to this idea, but also kind of your own struggles within this system, like trying to make sense of the system and how and how an artist navigates that that kind of complicated line between accepting this kind of capitalist framework and trying to be basically a commercially successful artist, but also keep some of that artist authenticity. And so I think that there were a lot of really rich discussions that we had, but it's hard to explain it yes. over the radio. Because it's, a, it's, um, it's a very murky it's subject murky, matter, and it's really right. hard to navigate for anybody. And But we were kind of like trying to figure out what the terms of, just for the sake of this discussion and for this project, like what are the terms for... Um, like, well, who is the enemy? What is what is the establishment? Yeah. What are like what are our actual goals? Right, right. Just for this in this particular yeah. discussion, but and it was very it was much more helpful. We did this mm. like on our way here. But like, <laughs> yeah, on the way over, we were talking about this a lot. This question because it's like um, to be anti-establishment or something, or to be on the the right side of social progress. Mm-hmm. To be it, it's like in the past maybe being an artist was more synonymous with being kind of an agent of social progress right with the avant-garde with the uh, yeah and like we always take for granted that we're going to be doing that you know like we're on the right side of history of history or the moral high ground or something um and it's it's not really that way i mean like we were saying like it's like if art is like a creature or something that protects its own interests Mm -hmm. right and we are extensions of that creature then in Mm -hmm. the past you could protect art while at the same time protecting like human rights Mm -hmm. and now to protect art you kind of have to protect the global market totally and it's hard to both protect arts interests and whatever moral interests of the world might be right it's complicated yeah you guys there was like a theme of like what does it mean to be complicit and like i think in these structures and when is it helpful when is it harmful which is really tricky. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that um, Mm -hmm. with your own practices and your own experiences too. You guys are both working different 
you both are painters, right. but you also do other projects, performance and writing and curating. And so how do you think about this or navigate this in your own practices? Um, I guess I'm wondering what, uh, what uh, you mean by complicit, like complicit in kind of like the, um, like you're in your artwork or like uh, in like kind of like the social... I guess what I meant is, mm -hmm. um, well, there's this one frame of your video that resonated with me when you said the enemy is internalized. Oh, oh yeah. And okay. I felt yeah. that way. It was like how much of... Right. I guess that that's the whole thing about the anti-establishment thing and like the what what was the enemy and like, you know, back in the day it was very clear who the enemy was. It's like right. Nazi Germany or like, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, like, you know, Nazi Germany is like, you know, burning art and all that stuff, mm -hmm. and book burning and stuff. But like now, it's like it's really kind of hard to figure out who the enemy is, and it's uh, it's maybe perhaps internalized, like mm -hmm. it's it's conflicted. And well, like yeah, because for us to be complicit, like whatever the forces of our our old sense of what was against social change, the what we do to protect art now uh, enforces those systems. Mm -hmm. So you know. I mean, you, you could look at that and say that the only solution then is to just abandon artwork, you know. But then you're, I don't know. I guess I guess the whole, the, the utopianness of the office is kind of like, we've created all these jobs for people. We've <laughs> used this kind of like free market uh, economy to create a lot of positions for artists that didn't used to exist. Right. You know, and so if you were to get rid of that by like really challenging like at its, the crux of the problem, mm -hmm. then most of us wouldn't really be here. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's you, you, you would drop out. There wouldn't be yeah. as many artists. Right. You know, we've you know that's true for good or for bad. Yeah. It's, it's a system that supports a lot more people. Yeah, right. You know, more types of people of socioeconomic. I mean, even though it's like not perfect and it's like hard still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With people then, without means, but still, it's yeah. like it is kind of possible. Right. And ironically, yeah. it's easier to be a person of less means and enter into the art world now and succeed. Be That's interesting. It's yeah, right. Because there's an established way of doing it, you know, like a a, a set there kind of a structure. Path. There's a path that right. you can follow, and you can be re rewarded for, you know, right. doing. The Although right the path is still confusing, which we talked about, because there is still this, um, there is still this confusion of who is like the boss or who who is the person who doles out the recognition yeah. or right. you know i mean those things are still unknown but in a way it is more straightforward i mean how many of us i mean all of us have master's degrees right i mean that was a career path that we followed yeah. it's like you go to school and you do these you work for an artist for example or mm -hmm. something and then you know that will eventually like lead to you being some kind of like recognized art person um or artist um but i mean it's it's interesting to me this i i, I want to go back to this idea of being authentic because we did talk about this a little bit or like i think zariel you brought it up mostly in mm -hmm. in the meeting but um i find that really fascinating because it is so hard to talk about authenticity in like strangely an authentic way because it's it's just kind of this like cheesy, sentimental term that most people would rather not associate themselves with. In the context of, I was saying that in the, 
we know that it's considered to be an outmoded way of working yeah. to sort of mine your internal authenticity. Mm. But, and we still have to do it, is I guess what, I mean, there's no practice really that can survive without doing that. I mean, there's no real alternative. By authenticity, do you mean your experience, your... Yeah, the things that you think that you have domain over. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mm-hmm. have to have... You have to know what you're talking about. Maybe it's not authenticity as much as it's just experience or, I mean, you know, whatever mm-hmm. word you want to use. But you can't make art from not <laughs> anything to work with. Mm-hmm. So whatever you have the most of that is, that ends up becoming your authenticity or whatever, who you are, whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> as you're broken down into, like, a spreadsheet of, like, facts or whatever, you know. But... Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that that, I feel slightly kind of resolved with that oh, because okay. I think that paradoxically our free market art system really likes authenticity. Mm-hmm. It like really likes it when we seem authentic. When we seem authentic. When we yeah. seem authentic, mm-hmm. so right? When we create yeah. the gestures. You, of, but you can, you right. can dismantle it by, by believing in authenticity. You know what I mean? It, it, it still holds some kind of currency, even though we all believe it to be kind of a little passe or whatever. It's still, you know, you can take an artist down by pointing to their inauthenticity mm-hmm. still, mm-hmm. you know. For sure. And you can yeah. take an institution down the same way. I mean, it's still Which valuable. is quite, yeah, it's surprising that one can still do that because it kind of maintains that people still have a romantic... Ideal, exactly. It's proof of it. Which is sometimes when you're in it, it's hard to remember that. (laughs) Well, it's gross, like saccharine, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a wrong kind of romance, but you can also look at it as and just sort of re-romanticize it, (laughs) which is I think what we did for the past ten years with the Mm -hmm. whole sort of like, you know, back to kind of expressive painting. Hmm. You know, interesting. Actually, I'm wondering how do you guys link? these ideas specifically to your own work as painters, as creators, collaborators, and how do you, how did um, this kind of topic emerge from your experiences? Mm. Or as much as you want to share. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a hard one. It's, um, I haven't been too introspective about this project with myself, but um, I guess I should be, but uh, I don't know. What do you think, Zuri? Well, I think, (laughs) I mean, um, it probably has something to do with the trauma of grad school, honestly. Mm -hmm. Sure. Because we were both really not painting at all after grad school. I mean, it really really convinced us not to paint, you know. I think probably like a lot of people, but yeah, it seemed like there was an order of like reactionary painters that defined all the parameters that were highly complicit and problematic. And then there was a kind of more righteous path of institutional critique or something Mm. that if you weren't a part of that, you weren't, you know, on the right side of history or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think after, I think that at least my own position about now the market and painting and all that, it's like, it's like I said, like at least there's, if you're only doing institutional critique there's not very much room for you in your studio, you know? Mm-hmm. If you degree, if you accept a certain degree of complicity, 
all of a sudden you have options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. You can work. I think the the you know? the end right. the end of the day it's uh there there are practical terms which is like you know you you need to feed yourself you know it's like if uh, if you don't have monetary means outside of like you know work your work then it's like it's hard there's like a little bit of time that you have to to do your craft and I think that that defines a lot about what you're gonna what you're gonna paint what you're gonna yeah. do you know it's a, sure. it's a different game so that I think out of everything has made a huge impact in in terms of the way I think about making work and um, yeah because if you can just make anything, then it's like really, that's actually really hard. You know, you need the kind of like restriction and the push against to create content. And, and that's something that we did talk about. I mean, I think Steve brought that up mm-hmm. was that you need pressure to create artwork and maybe the capitalist system is the pressure. Yeah. But also, um, I mean, that made me think about how in graduate school, I felt like if you were making any kind of commercially appealing artwork or if you were one of those complicit painters mm-hmm. you were so harshly judged mm-hmm. and yeah. then but oddly enough it's like the second that people leave graduate school all they care about is oh well so and so selling more work than everybody right. else it's and it's like that. how can we all be that person right. it's it's yeah. it's ridiculous it's i ridiculous, mean yeah. i hate <laughs> that that is the way that the system is set up it's like right. when you're in school supposedly the capitalist system is like Oh, so so passe. Like you don't want to be like those guys, and then, yeah. you know, the minute you leave, no one cares. And yeah, it's, there needs to be I some mean, sort of resolve on that. You know, there's like for sure. You know, there's like academia, and then there's the market, and you know, it's like they're at odds with each other, but then they're like yeah. pipelines to each other. It's definitely. like it's like come yeah, on, it's just so funny. It's so funny because people go to grad school to learn how to become commercial successful professionals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's all, but it's, that's right. what it is. Exactly. It's like it's art school so is funny. professionalism. It's it mainly professional. about professionalism. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's to make so. your job easier as a teacher. That's why. <laughs> that's what it oh is. Oh, my God. It's, I think. I don't know. I mean, and it's convenient, too. And it's exciting, mm. you know, to be opposed to. It's like you're in a movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want to feel right or, you know, feel. That's funny. In graduate, my, my experience was quite different, I think. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I, was, I wasn't in the, a painting department, but I huh. spent some time there because I was kind of half a painter, I guess. Um, so, uh-huh. um, but when I was in the critiques and the kind of group talks, they really sp- spoke glowingly. I mean, the professors mm. about paintings looking very contemporary. And hmm. like if they seemed huh. like they had a good spot I see. in what was going on wow. that was talked about in a quite positive way. And there was a lot of kind of traditional But you also went to school in London. Yeah. Which I wonder if maybe that's a different climate than the United States. I don't know. I mean, I'm wondering. Do you think it is? Maybe. Uh, It could be. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. I think that that's a little healthier sounding, Yeah. Really? Well, because... I was like... That's so angered horrible. by it at that I know, time. I know. Well, well how, how is it? The grass healthier? is always green. Yeah. Well, because if you can have a sort of practical way of discussing how things are actually functioning mm-hmm. right. in a way that we all need to be working with. Right. And you can sort of cut through the noise of like, oh, well, you can't. We all have to act mm, like we're I in see. denial of this sort of basic sort of system that we're working with. It seems a little healthier to actually be like, oh, well, 
Yeah, as few people are doing that, there's a few more spots on the roster for that kind of work. You probably, you know and the I mean? office, you know? The exactly. Office. That's what right. I'm saying. There's yeah, an opening. Yeah, exactly. There's an opening. They're sort of pragmatic. Make it clear. Make it useful to people. Because I think that convincing a bunch of idealistic young people that they're part of this revolutionary social project, and then, yeah, to for that to all just vanish as soon as you're not in school anymore, and then the yeah. only solution is stay in school and teach. Right. It's like a pon- exactly. it's kind of a, a scheme. It makes yeah. schools kind of like mm-hmm. a, a Ponzi scheme. A little bit. Yeah. Hmm. What are they called? The triangle? No. Pyramid. There yeah. we go. Pyramid. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pyramid scheme. The only Pyramid solution scheme. is to just always teach, but then and that's fine. I want to teach. I think teaching's great. Right. Everybody everyone everybody wants to teach. Wants everybody teach. wants but to teach. But it creates its yeah. own artwork. You know? Yeah. And it's not market led, you know? It's like the kind of artwork you can apply to stuff with. It's, for sure it's, so a, teach, it's, a, it's a teachable problem. type of thing so yeah the... well and people I don't even know if it's it's people who just are good at filling out applications too mm-hmm. the artwork is like the application mm-hmm. you know right uh, definitely sorry kind of... that's I think, so yeah. true though yeah. this really shows kind of reflects how in the meeting there's there's both kind of a tenderness towards your idea of community and the office and these structures and the cynicism and it's like it seems like you guys are pulled both ways it's true because it's like you can't you can't ever like i've determined a while ago that you can't resolve it it's just unresolvable and you kind of have to live in the gray and the the kind of complicated mess of the Mm -hmm. whole thing and it's just the way it is and you just do your best i guess yeah so um yeah well we Mm -hmm. really wanted to thank you guys for being here today Thank and you. we really enjoyed your yeah. meeting. Yeah, thank project. you so much. Yeah. Um, and we were wondering if you could talk a little bit about an upcoming exhibition that you guys are putting together. Well, we are co-curating. Um, uh, a, it's kind of like a holiday swap, art swap thing with um, Orgy Park, uh, based in Brooklyn. And this is something that Orgy Park has been doing for. Um, a couple of years now and mm-hmm. so this is the third annual iteration of that so it's called stone soup and okay. it'll be on december 16th mm-hmm. and um so we'll happen we'll have an opening on december 16th and then january 16th so we asked 40 artists to to um donate a piece of work or whatever gift a uh, work of art and then um, on January 16th what will happen will be there'll be an exchange I so see. one artist will get another person's art, art, artwork and then you know so and I think we'll actually make stone soup yeah <gasps> oh, oh that's great yeah. are you gonna have everyone exciting. bring in an in- ingredient yeah maybe although your work is like the ingredient <laughs> okay yeah. in the yeah. metaphor right <laughs> but you could also bring in ingredients and we're trying to figure out how to get when you ladle out the soup to give someone their Stone. I don't know. We have that, to. We kind of have to figure that one out. It's kind of like a random trade. Right. So oh, we have to have a mechanism for yeah. giving out. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So if you don't like it, it, you're going to have to take it yeah. away. Or, right. You know. So we're trying to keep ourselves yeah. from writing with a sharpie on like a pebble. Yeah. Right. Keep it Which sanitary. Is what, yeah. Something, something sanitary. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. Oh my Not goodness. a choking hazard risk. Yeah. It's interesting too because I don't know linking this back to the these structures of social interaction. These kind of slightly off the beaten track ways uh-huh. like having yeah. an exhibition of work that's not actually for sale that's right. only going to be exchanged it's kind of by the what participants sister likes to do i think yeah. it's kind of uh, mm-hmm. we'd like to live in that that kind of space i think yeah yeah so. right right is that what did we 
uh, I don't know, like a sort of practi- practically complicit or something. Yeah, sweet spot. So our next meeting will be in January, and we're still working out the details. So make sure to visit our website for updates on the date, venue, and time. Uh, music on this episode is titled 16 Tons by Tennessee Ernie Ford. Um, I'm Sonia Derman. I'm Maria Stabio. And today we spoke with Zeriel Waters and Jenny Lee. This is 2MF on Clock Tower Radio, clocktower.org. I picked up my shovel and I walked to the mine. I loaded 16 tons, the number nine coal. And the straw boss said, well, to bless my soul, you load 16 tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in depth. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. I was born one morning, it was drizzling rain. Fighting and trouble are my middle name. I was raised in the cane break by an old mama lion. Can't no high-toned woman make me walk the line. You load the 16 tons. What a gift. Another day older and deeper in death. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul.